You're listening to the Pastor Writer Podcast, episode 42. Well, it's been a while since my last monologue. There have been some great guests on the podcast lately, and I'm excited about some of the guests I have scheduled for 2019. I wanted to say thanks to those of you who have reached out over Twitter to make suggestions. I'm excited to finish out this year and really excited for what's ahead in the next year for the Pastor Writer Podcast. But for today, our topic of discussion is knowing why you write. I write to keep from getting robbed. I hit a milestone this past week for the podcast, 25,000 downloads. That may not sound like a ton, but it really is a milestone having started the podcast less than a year ago. We're now averaging just over 2,000 downloads a week. I say we because the podcast is me and you. What I love about podcasting is the opportunity it allows me to have a personal form of communication, especially these monologues. You're listening. I'm doing my best to say something worth listening to. And oftentimes, you'll respond through Facebook or Twitter, letting me know what you thought. It doesn't get much more simple than that. And I never underestimate the privilege I have in being able to hopefully say something encouraging to you, your writing, and your ministry each week. We're now just past Thanksgiving, if you're listening to these episodes real time, and heading into the holiday season. If I could ask one thing from you in return, it would be that you might share this podcast with somebody that you know, someone who might also be interested in writing and reading. Why not tell them about it? There's two reasons I'm asking for it. The first one is probably the most obvious and completely selfish. I want more people to listen to the show, obviously. With that one out of the way, though, there's a second reason. Because I hope that this show serves as a tool for allowing you to talk about writing and build new relationships around writing with others. I think the show can be a good catalyst for helping begin those conversations. One of the big surprises over the last year of doing this podcast is how many people have opened up to me about their desire to become a better writer. Each of us needs relationships to walk that process through with. So find someone that you can talk to about writing. And I hope this podcast is an opportunity to help facilitate that conversation. So maybe it's someone on staff with you or someone from school or someone online you know. Whoever it is, I really hope that you take the opportunity to share the show and that the show becomes a way of growing and writing and talking more about writing. With that, let's get into our topic. When I first wanted to start taking my writing more seriously, I did what I always do when I get interested in something. I started listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of blogs, downloading some audiobooks, and working my way through YouTube. Everything from the sad and kind of pathetic searches for how to write a book, how to get published, all the way to what are the rules for using semicolons to separate a list. There are some incredible resources online, courses, videos, podcasts, books, emails, the list goes on and on and on when you're attempting to learn more about writing. And what seems to be a universally acknowledged problem for writers, I got more interested in the topic of writing than actually writing. Just because I spend a lot of time watching Major League Baseball doesn't mean that I can call myself a baseball player. Writing is something sort of like that. Just because I spend a lot of time reading about writing and learning about writing doesn't actually mean that I accomplish any writing. It's a trap too many people fall into, especially early on. You've got to start writing. What I hadn't yet figured out was why I felt the need to write. Why did I want to write? Honestly, it's taken me a while to figure that one out. What I've discovered from the podcast is that authors write for very different reasons, and a big part of learning to be a writer is recognizing what uniquely motivates you. If one of the errors that authors often make is spending their time learning about writing instead of actually writing, 
Another is assuming that all writers are the same, and that the key to becoming a great writer is learning how the great writers think and work. So, for instance, there's the famous quote by Flannery O'Connor, who wrote, I write because I don't know what I think until I read what I say. That's a common reason people give for writing. There's no doubt that writing helps us clarify our thinking and improve our articulation of imprecise thoughts. As the adage goes, reading maketh a full man, conference a ready man, and writing an exact man. But there are lots of other reasons that people write. George Orwell explained his reason this way. When I sit down to write a book, I do not say to myself, I'm going to produce a work of art. I write it because there is some lie that I want to expose, some fact to which I want to draw attention, and my initial concern is to get a hearing. Orwell writes because there's a message he's desperate to help other people realize, and he wants to figure out a way to get them to listen. Many authors write because they want to critique a trend, challenge an assumption, make a point of conviction about something that others are missing. Eugene Peterson described his own writing as heuristic. He writes this in his memoir. It was a way of writing that involved a good deal of listening, looking around, getting acquainted with the neighborhood, not writing what I knew, but writing into what I didn't know, edging into a mystery. Heuristic writing, writing to explore and discover what I didn't know. Writing is a way of entering into language and letting language enter into me, words connecting with words and creating what had previously been inarticulated or unnoticed or hidden. Writing is a way of paying attention. Writing as an act of prayer. Some writers write for other reasons, to entertain themselves or possibly to entertain others. Anne Lamont has described how her writing helps her escape from a sense of isolation. She explains, writing and reading decrease our sense of isolation. They deepen and widen and expand our sense of life. They feed the soul. When writers make us shake our heads with the exactness of their prose and their truths, and even make us laugh about ourselves or life, our buoyancy is restored. We're given a shot at dancing with, or at least clapping along with, the absurdity of life, instead of being squashed by it over and over again. It's like singing on a boat during a terrible storm at sea. You can't stop the raging storm, but singing can change the hearts and spirits of the people who are together on the ship. You can hear how Anne Lamont prioritizes the experience collectively of reading and writing. It's about finding your place in the world and welcoming other people into it. On the other end of that spectrum is Annie Dillard. She suggests writers should find the thing they care more about than anyone else. Here's how she puts it. A writer looking for subjects inquires not after what he loves best, but after what he alone loves at all. Why do you never find anything written about that idiosyncratic thought you avert to, about your fascination with something no one else understands? Because it is up to you. There's something you find interesting for a reason hard to explain. It's hard to explain because you have never read it on any page. There you begin. You were made and set here to give voice to this, your own astonishment. I can always use some more Annie Dillard. Here's how she puts it in a New York Times article entitled, Write Till You Drop. At its best, the sensation of writing is that of an unmerited grace. It is handed to you, but only if you look for it. You search, you break your fists, your back, your brain, and then, and only then, it is handed to you. From the corner of your eye, you see motion. Something is moving through the air and headed your way. It is a parcel bound in ribbons and bows. It has two white wings. It flies directly at you. You can read your name on it. If it were a baseball, you would hit it out of the park. 
It is that one pitch in a thousand you see in slow motion. Its wings beat slowly as a hawk's. She closes the article with this line. After Michelangelo died, someone found in his studio a piece of paper on which he had written a note to his apprentice. In the handwriting of this old age, draw, Antonio, draw, Antonio, draw, and do not waste time. It's not hard to recognize that for Dillard, writing is about passion and revelation and discovery. Each of those writers has a very different reason for writing. Annie Dillard is different than George Orwell. Flannery O'Connor is different than Anne Lamont. I've drug you through all of those examples in an attempt to make something clear. Great writers write for very different reasons. You don't become a great writer for finding the reason someone else has for writing. What matters is that you recognize the impulse in yourself and lean into it to actually do the writing. Knowing why O'Connor writes or why Orwell writes or why Annie Dillard writes is not enough, no matter how inspiring their explanations may be. You have to come to terms with why you write. You have to go searching for what calls you to the page. For some of you, it may be strictly academic, to try to convey a certain idea or present a certain position. For others, it may be about self-exploration, to try to better understand yourself and your own emotions. For others, it may be about engagement with culture and understanding what's happening around you. For some, it may just be a discipline of reflection, like an approach to journaling. It's taken me a long time to figure this out. For me, writing is about remembering. Writing is about holding on to something that life is forcing out of me. Writing is about reminding myself of what is true, what is real, and that most of what I assume, what I see around me, is not. It's a lie. I'm constantly amazed at how quickly I react to things without actually formulating a thoughtful opinion. I can see an article on Facebook and in four seconds have an opinion and a corresponding emotion. Maybe more terrifying, if I happen to have a passing moment to actually consider my initial reaction, what I find is that my reaction is often not what I actually believe. Neil Postman in his book Amusing Ourselves to Death explains how we live in a world that is beginning to conflate emotions and opinions. He writes, In America, everyone is entitled to an opinion, and it is certainly useful to have a few when a pollster shows up. But these are opinions of a quite different order from 18th or 19th century opinions. It is probably more accurate to call them emotions rather than opinions, which would account for the fact that they change from week to week, as the pollsters tell us. Postman leveled this criticism on TV and mass media. He couldn't possibly imagine the internet and the world we now inhabit. He continues, What is happening here is that television is altering the meaning of being informed by creating a species of information that might properly be called disinformation. I am using this word almost in the precise sense in which it is used by spies in the CIA or KGB. Disinformation does not mean false information. It means misleading information, misplaced, irrelevant, fragmented, or superficial information. Information that creates the illusion of knowing something, but which in fact leads one away from knowing. In saying this, I do not mean to imply that television news directly aims to deprive Americans of a coherent contextual understanding of their world. I mean to say that when news is packaged as entertainment, that is the inevitable result. And in saying that the television news show entertains but does not inform, I am saying something far more serious than that we are being deprived of authentic information. 
I am saying we are losing our sense of what it means to be well-informed. Ignorance is always correctable. But what shall we do if we take ignorance to be knowledge? If you're interested in more about Postman's views, I recently wrote an article on the Pastor Writer blog entitled, Share This Article and People Will Think You're Smart. You might find it interesting. What I've come to realize about myself is how quickly I can lose touch with my faith and my deepest held truth. I've come to recognize how easily truth can be dislodged by this misinformation. I've come to realize that my emotions can solidify into opinions and even action without much forethought. What I've realized is that writing is the discipline by which I remind myself of what I actually believe about this world and about truth. I write to keep from getting robbed of it. I write to protect my possessions, however few they may be. There's a certain feeling I often encounter when writing. It comes at different times, sometimes easily and as fast as I can write, other times delayed and pained through rounds of edits and revisions, sometimes not at all. But it's there enough to recognize it. The feeling is something like finding my way home. It's that feeling of turning into your neighborhood after a long trip. But that sense of home never comes easily. It's always something I have to find, oftentimes refined each time I sit down and begin to work. And somehow I'm always suspicious that I won't find my way home again. Every time it feels like an act of faith that the writing is going to produce something worth taking the time to actually do. It's as if I had somehow lost my place in my own neighborhood. I knew where I was, but not exactly where I was. All the houses start looking the same. I could point in the direction of my house, but none of the roads cut straight enough to it. Eventually, I take a turn and finally recognize a landmark, and that landmark guides me back to my street, and suddenly things are in order again. Unique. Exact. Home. Writing is something like that for me. At first, I'm usually somewhat lost. I know where I am, but not exactly where I am. There's no straight path directly to the thing I'm aiming at. So I take roads, searching for the road that gets me there. Eventually, I find a landmark. That landmark turns me down the right street, and there I am. This is it. Writing brings me home. I start to recognize the neighbor's houses, the turns in the road, the maple tree on the street corner in front of my house, the dip in the drive as I pull in. The abstract generalities of endless houses and streets give way to my house, my street. That's the reason that I write. I write because it helps me know what is true. I write because it reminds me of what I actually believe. I write because it helps me hold on to what I actually have and where I actually am. You need a reason like that. Maybe not that particular reason, but a reason. Without a reason for writing, you'll get taken advantage of. Writing is too powerful. It's never pointless. Without the conviction of your own reason, the world will quickly offer you one. You can write so that you might be well-regarded and respected. You can write to prove yourself intellectual. You can write to build a platform and popularity. You can write to try to justify yourself to yourself and to the world. You can write to try and prove that you have your life together. You'll never find your way home, though. You'll write to try, but end up somewhere you never intended. Your writing will be taken from you, used for purposes you didn't purpose. Without a reason, you're going to get robbed. Maybe a good way to wrap up is with a few more words of advice from Annie Dillard. One of the few things I know about writing is this. Spend it all. Shoot it. Play it. Lose it. Right away. Every time. 
Do not hoard what seems good for a later place in the book or for another book. Give it. Give it all and give it now. The impulse to save something good for a better place later is the signal to spend it now. Something more will arise for later, something better. These things fill from behind, from beneath, like well water. Similarly, the impulse to keep to yourself what you have learned is not only shameful, it is destructive. Anything you do not give freely and abundantly becomes lost to you. You open your safe and find ashes. Whatever your reason for writing, find it. Hold on to it. Protect it. Use it. Don't waste writing for someone else's reason, for someone else's agenda. Know why you write and get to writing. You've been listening to the Pastor Writer Podcast. As always, you can find show notes as well as links by visiting pastorwriter.com. While you're there, make sure and check out the blog as well as past episodes of the show. If you're enjoying the Pastor Writer Podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes or any of the podcast players that you use. Reviews are a great way for me to get feedback on the show as well as to help new listeners discover the show. As always, thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.